Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? I want to watch romantic comedy. You want a good life? It's not that complicated. Tell the girl you love that you love her and tell the truth to everyone whenever you can. I'm here with Sarah. Yes, and I'm here with Justin. And we are romanticcomedycommentary.com. Or romcomcom.com. Love it. And this week, we are doing a movie that I have been so excited to see since the trailer dropped. Trailer. And I really liked it. I did. Me too. Yeah, yesterday. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're unfamiliar with it, we'll give you a synopsis, but it's Beatles-heavy yeah, movie. Yeah, but the 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 movie itself did not get a great reception. No, I don't know if people's expectations were really high, but it didn't. I think the movie didn't know what it was, yeah. and then I think it didn't know what to tell people. It and was. I think maybe it wanted to be bigger than it was. Maybe it'll be a sleeper hit that people start to appreciate later. Yeah, because it's got a lot of really good nuts and bolts to it. Yeah, because this is the director, Danny Boyle. This is the guy who directed. Millionaire, what's it called? Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. And Train Spotting, which is really freaking heavy. And he's great. And then the screenwriter, Richard Curtis. Freaking Richard Curtis from all the movies ever that are British, <laughs> including About Time, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, that Richard Curtis. Love Actually. Yeah, huge. Yeah. So big names. It, 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 this movie had every positive piece but going into also, it. But they're also men in their 60s slash 70s so maybe they were almost like overwhelmed by the importance of the beatles you know and like no well do you want to give a quick synopsis because i do want to get into what i think the problem we can get what the problem is with the movie up front but do you want to give a very quick synopsis for people that haven't seen it jack is a guy who's given up being a teacher to sing and perform his own songs and his friend i don't remember her name but we'll call her lily because that was the actress's name is his manager. She's also a teacher. So he works part-time and then plays gigs, which no one really comes to. And he says, this is my last gig unless there's, unless by some miracle something happens. And that night he's riding his bike home and lights start to go out as he's riding. And right when all the lights go out, he hits a curb or hits bus hits him. the bus hits him okay the bus hits him and he goes flying so he's up in the air when whatever power outage that across the world happens and then when he lands things are back to normal but he knocked his teeth out and when he you know gets out of the hospital he starts to realize that people don't know certain things and the biggest thing he notices is that they don't know who the beatles are they don't exist and he does Google searches and finds nothing. So he's the only one who knows all these songs. So he starts singing and playing them, gets more popular, somehow gets Ed Sheeran's attention, gets really hugely popular. Kate McKinnon becomes his manager. Meanwhile, this Lily girl is kind of letting him go. But right before his big debut, she admits to him that she really loves him. And he's like, I have to go, you know? And then He's out in L.A. He comes back to Liverpool to try to understand where the Beatles are from because he's never actually been to Liverpool. And she shows up at his hotel and basically gives him this, like, either come and be with me or 
we're never, this is our last chance kind of thing, which I felt like was really unfair. And he chooses the music like anyone should and realizes he's made a mistake, is still in love with her. She starts dating this other guy. There's a big thing at the end where he's going to play this huge concert right on the shore. And he comes out and admits to everyone that the music isn't his and that he didn't actually write it. These four men wrote it. Um, Oh, there is a scene where he figures out and meets John Lennon who isn't famous at all and is still alive. And that's where that quote comes from. John Lennon told him that, and that kind of pushed him toward Lily and he has her backstage. He admits his love to her and how fantastic she is and how he doesn't want all of this fame. He doesn't deserve it. Lisa's all the music for free. And then they run away together back to their town and apparently live a fairly incognito life. And it ends with uh, Obladi Oblada. Uh, this movie or this podcast is going to be all over the place. But before we go further, did you notice the one itty bitty detail when he met John Lennon? The boat they were sitting on? No. The name on it was Imagine. Oh. The boat was titled. It was, the name of the boat was Imagine. That's sweet. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Okay. That, okay. So I love this movie. And I want to preface this by saying, you know, going into like the issues with it as a rom-com or just as a movie, I have before when I get done watching this, I went and listened to a couple other like bad other bad movie podcasts Mm -hmm. and people are ripping this movie to shreds. Really? Why? What is wrong with the world where people Mm -hmm. can't just enjoy a movie? It has to be perfect for it to be enjoyable. I mean, I know I'm better than most people to have a willing suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. and just go overlook flaws and go at things. Mm -hmm. But like this movie genuinely is one that you will have a smile throughout. Yeah, it's it, fun. It is. It's just a fun movie. It. No one was clamoring for it to win Best Picture Oscar, but right. it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it, either way, I think the big issue with it, and even before you saw it, I told you, you will probably text me halfway through and say this isn't a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it could decide if it was a Beatles, a Beatles, movie? Mo- a Beatles movie, a romantic comedy with Beatles music, mm-hmm. a commentary on the music industry. Mm. You, like it kept slipping in all these things that it was like, no, that doesn't need to be there if it's this other thing. But I think that commentary was supposed to be comedy, like the comedy part of a rom-com. Yeah, but it just felt kind of... <sighs> I don't know. It it felt unnecessary. Uh, like Kate McKinnon, I really enjoyed in it, yeah. but she felt just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. And so I think it would have been. I think she was the foil to Lily. Oh, I guess. Yeah. You know, because Lily was so caring and would do anything for him as his manager. And then he gets this big fancy Hollywood manager who literally says to him, I see you as a product. The point, though, is that I think this was a good movie. I think if in making it they would have decided one way or the other yeah. it's a movie about the beatles music and how great the catalog is or it's a romantic comedy that has right. the beatles catalog in it it seems like a bit of a, a nitpicky thing to say mm-hmm. but i think it did influence everything oh, in yeah. the movie and that's where i think maybe curtis and danny boyle had an issue because they were trying to pay homage to these songs but also trying to tell a story. And it was like, you got to choose a lane, man. Like, But again, 
That being said, it was really, really enjoyable movie. Yeah. When, when the rom-com came on, it mm-hmm. came on hard. And fast. But I felt yeah. like about half the movie, you know, they there really wasn't a ton between them. And then when it came, it was like, oh, yeah, shit, this is a rom-com. We forgot to do most of the stuff yeah. till now. I mean, I think, I guess when she basically says to him, I don't even know how she's able to say, like, if you don't come with me right now like then we don't have a chance like this isn't happening and it's like what the fuck are you talking about like aren't she the one who's all about the music and was always supportive of him and now like you're like bye and i we have no chance i guess she was seeing that he was on a precipice and he would either still be her friend and be on the same level as her or he would step into this huge new role in which everyone was saying he was the greatest singer songwriter in the history of music. Mm. And so if he made that step, she really had no place there, which is, is true, but still not really a fair thing to say. Like, well, why couldn't she join him? Yeah. 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 Well, and then also earlier in the movie, uh, God, what was his name? The like kind of the, the roadie friend. Yeah. I can't his name. He was hysterical in this. Yeah. Every scene he was in was his great. His last name was Fry in real life. What his name is? Either way. He yeah. was great. But early when we meet him and they're at the music festival and no one listened to him and all mm-hmm. that, he I, he made some comment about them getting together and she like shot it down immediately as she was like yeah. walking We're away. We're not together. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, if that comment was made and it was unremarkable to uh, unremarkable to all three of the people there, it means that joke's been going for a while. Right. Well, then why do you all of a sudden get to come and blindside this guy right. like this? Like you were just presumably, it seemed, denying. That's something that they didn't really give us a feeling for why he was so dense as to her feelings for him. Because if they've been close for that long, mm. he's either incredibly stupid or she's been hiding it really well. I think she's been hiding it. Because again, Apparently. that one comment, she yeah. was just immediately like, no, we're not together, not happy. Yeah. It was something Leave to, it like, alone. Yeah, something like that. And then she's like, actually, I love you. And then you. now I'm going to drive up to Liverpool and surprise you. And you have to decide between me and your music career. What? Hold on. A big example. One of the biggest examples for me where it couldn't decide if it was a mm-hmm. rom-com. Because it didn't feel like it had decided to be one until like the one hour mark. Yeah. You know, which was, was just his story really. Yeah. And again, perhaps it's more of a Bill Dung's Raman. Eh. <laughs> and the well, Beatles music, that's the thing that maybe they, they, maybe they were too clever in trying to make this a story about the Beatles music and on. about romantic comedies, because instead of exalting the Beatles music as the central part, they almost let it inform him to make him realize the meaning of the music more than its cultural impact. And if, and that came through with John Lennon, if you can actually listen to all you need is love and, you know, all these songs that really say, choose your heart and choose what's close to you and be true to yourself, then you have to, you know, he's really paying homage to the music by listening to its message mm-hmm. rather than by chasing it to fame. Now I get what you're, yeah, I understand what you're saying. 
Maybe that was what part and of I think, the movie was getting I think at. that's maybe what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but it didn't, it came off as once you put something in, in our brains as this is the greatest music in the world, nobody knows what it is. This guy's going to bring it out there and he's going to reach fame and it's going to be amazing. Once you do that, it f- always is going to feel like a letdown when he walks away from it, especially for a girl who they haven't done a great job of making likable, mm. you know, or giving us a reason to really love her and cheer for her as the audience. I mean, it's she, like the she's Skylar, likable, but it's like the Skylar White, Walter White thing in, mm. in Breaking Bad. All of those showrunners were thinking that she will be the, the sensical one that people will see as time goes on as being the smart one who's trying to keep Walter from going off the deep end. It turns out everyone hates her. They just want to have fun and watch Walter be crazy and violent and go down this path and she's holding him back. And so they fucking hate her. And the showrunners are like, whoa, we didn't expect this to happen. This is kind of out of control. There's all of these forums about how much people hate Skylar White. And I think that's what's happening here too. It's like, could have been the most famous fucking person in the world and made these songs yours. And yes, there's a lot of shit that goes along with that and guilt and whatever, but you ran away in a way that didn't seem to pay off enough in a way that was chivalrous and honest, but wasn't really a good payoff for the audience. Does that make sense? There didn't seem there didn't have to be such a choice between ending up with her and or being famous. I think it would have been more interesting if he would have somehow been able to hone his skills and then start writing his own stuff and then become famous as more of an inspiration from the Beatles. Than just being like, Meh. well, they kind of tried not him growing as a songwriter. That would have been a cool avenue, but mm-hmm. they did have when he was recording his original summer song, and they were in the studio, mm-hmm. and Kate McKinnon, the the roadie guy, are like, no, no, it's just it's just not as good. Like, no, yeah. that's that's a throwaway. That's a throwaway. Yeah. And it's like they immediately There's a lot of comedy with that. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Like they they could have again, but that goes back to: Are you saying that the Beatles' mute catalog is the greatest catalog ever, and this is right. a vehicle to just do that, or right. is it a romantic comedy? Right. And it, I just wish it would have decided. Did you watch those saying the endings? Did you watch the deleted scenes? I watched the alternate ending. Oh, God. And I watched some of the deleted scenes. What it, it, the deleted scenes, it, it was hit and miss. They were either super good or super dumb. But the ending, so the alternate ending is them driving in a car. They're running he, away from the stage. He had mm-hmm. just professed to everyone that he was not the real writer. Then he professed his love to Lily, and they're running away from the stadium or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cut to, in the real one, they leave, then they end up together in the end. Yeah. But well, he becomes like a school teacher and then sings Obladio Blada. Yeah. yeah. And that was cool. Right. But then in the, yeah, the del- in the alternate ending, they're shown driving in a car away from the stadium. Mm-hmm. And he starts playing a song that I think Ed Sheeran wrote for this. You think? Did he? Oh my God. What? That was I don't the know most Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran of all Ed Sheeran songs. It was embarrassing, I think, because I was like, well, this was. Could someone have written something a little okay. less Ed Sheeran? Put 
Like, put a cork in that for just a second because I want to get into Ed Sheeran. Okay. But let's finish this and then go circle back to that because we okay. both are probably going to have a lot of opinions on it. And mm. they're going to be the same. All right. But So they're driving and a song that Ed Sheeran, I now know, did specifically write for this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he starts playing and it's a proposal. He supposedly wrote well, yeah, he's supposed to, And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful song. Yes. It's a beautiful song. It's lovely. And uh, it's a proposal. Mm-hmm. But it's like this weird thing where it's cutting between them in the car and then like in a house together and under a tree. And then mm. she's under the tree as he finishes the song or something she says yeah. you know are you serious like are you really proposing really like, yes yeah. and presumably i think that's the ending then he says yes and yeah and that's where they leave us yeah. i like the alternate ending more i mm, did no. i smiled so big no. you did not like it Mm-mm. why well first of all that ed sheeran <laughs> song was like just so like <laughs> ham-fisted like oh another wedding song that Ed Sheeran's writing about and I want to be with you for the rest of my life and I love you and I can't help thinking about when we're old and will you marry me and it's like okay okay and then they get home and it's uh, no and I don't they just seem really awkward I don't know if they had the chemistry that I was looking for and then he doesn't know who Harry Potter is. In the original ending, he stands at the window and he's like, oh, I feel like Harry Potter at the end of the book and Voldemort is dead and then finally can go back to normal. Things can go back to normal. And she says, who's Harry Potter? Because there have been things throughout the movie that he realizes are missing. Like no one knows what a cigarette is. He keeps asking for Coke. Coke doesn't exist other than cocaine. It's just Pepsi and stuff like that. No Coke, only Pepsi. Yeah. And so then she's like, who's Harry Potter? And he's like, oh, never mind. And that's how it ends. But in the alternate ending, she says, I can't wait for this all to go back to normal. It's like Harry Potter. And he says, who's Harry Potter? See, I love that. doesn't that. make any sense. No, I love that. Because you know then why it's that doesn't make any sense? Why, Sarah? Because why would he change and be missing things? You and I are going to disagree it's, on this. I, doesn't l- I like that it was just uh, it was just what happened. They said something about like too a Y2K too much confusion. At the end, at the <sighs> very end, no, I liked they confused it. I liked it. The, the, the fantasy parts too much. No, I disagree. I like it. I like that they never really address what happened. And it's just this mysterious thing. And I love the idea that maybe certain people remember certain things and others don't. I really did like mm. that. I thought that was a fun little tweak on it. Oh, I really like that. Because nope. then it got you wondering what else do other people know or not know. It, was it was it one single event that changed and then all the stuff downstream changed? Like, why is the same reason we don't have the Beatles, the same reason we don't have cigarettes? And I love that what they I never really addressed is, it. I don't even know if Ed Sheeran would be Ed Sheeran if the Beatles didn't exist. The Beatles were so influential and so impactful in music. I mean, they had Oasis didn't exist. Yeah, presumably Oasis. was the, the joke that... But yeah, but it's like... God, things would be very different. It's like the whole butterfly wings thing. Mm-hmm. And you just wonder. It's a whole, it just gets into too much. Now this is the part where we start doing what this movie did. Mm-hmm. And we start not being able to decide if this is a podcast about romantic comedy or a podcast about the Beatles. Oh. What do the Beatles mean to you? That's a complicated question. Oh, God, you answered it exactly how I wanted to. Oh, I... Just, I, I want it. Just please give me all of it. Tell me all of it. <laughs> well, part of me is like, they're a band who put out 
music. Okay. And I've enjoyed that music throughout my life. And that's great. But another part of me, so much of music is tied up in your memory of what you were doing when you were listening to it, who you're listening to it with, you know, what that time in your life was. And they have a universality that lets you feel connected to their stuff that not a lot of people do. And I don't know why exactly, but they seem to be sticking around in a way that most bands haven't or don't. It's like most bands have a place in time Mm -hmm. and you can go back when you listen to it and remember that place in time. Whereas the Beatles have some sort of ubiquity. Well, I think that's the word. What I think of some of their songs, I don't know how else to describe it other than there's certain songs that feel like they've always existed when you hear them. Like the first time you hear it, it's not like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. such a cool new song. It's like, oh, of course that song existed. Yeah, And I feel like that's a lot of their stuff. They did the song battle between Ed Sheeran and Jack. Oh God, let's talk about that. They had to write a song (laughs) on the spot and then perform it. Mm -hmm. And Ed Sheeran had a good song. And then Jack sang The Long and Winding Road. And part of that song is so funny because to me, it's always felt a little bit like it belonged on like the Lawrence Welk show or something. It has a very like big band, Long and Winding Road. Bah, 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 bah. I always thought and... it sounded more wingsy than Beatles-y. Huh. That's but, interesting. But yeah. I thought it sounded more old timey. Oh, okay. Like 40s. And it just seems so funny to compare. A, you know, a modern artist like Ed Sheeran to even that song in particular of the Beatles. I mean, the lyrics are fantastic, but it's just, I think it is a better song than the one that Ed Sheeran wrote. But I, I would certainly hope so. <laughs> really place exactly why it still seemed like a funny choice to make. I don't know. It felt like if you were in a competition of a song that you just wrote, mm-hmm. it's pretty clear Long and Winding Road, you didn't write, you you did it. You didn't write that right. in 10 minutes. And if I was someone in that crowd, I'd go, because in the beginning, Ed Sheeran says, like, it has to be 100% fresh. Mm-hmm. I'd be in the crowd, and I'd be like, you had 50% of that worked out beforehand, at least. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's no way. About that scene as well, though, how Ed, how big of a dick does Ed Sheeran come across? Oh, I was mm-hmm. al- I was always told someone would unseat me as the best songwriter. Like, you're the best songwriter in the world right now? <laughs> Is that, that right? Yeah, and then he's like, I'm going to bed. Someone shag him. Like, what the f- I- Yeah, someone shag him before you can't, before you lose your chance. And he says, I'm the Salieri to your Mozart, which I thought was good. But here's the funny thing. Yes. Originally, it was supposed to be Chris Martin in that role. I, I like that a thousand times mm-hmm. better. And I think Chris Martin's a really good songwriter. Yeah. Well, and they mentioned Coldplay a couple times in this why. as being like, oh, well, that's no... Uh... It's not Fix You. Yeah. It's not the oh, greatest song in the world. God. It's not Fix You. And I feel like his style... Would have fit so much better. Yeah. Yeah. The Ed Sheeran's, he's too pop and he's too right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not just... It, it's, yes, 100% that. But also... Ed Sheeran's pretty problematic 
if you listen to a lot of his lyrics. Some of them, yeah. I mean, like, there was a Playboy article a couple years ago. Playboy still writes good articles. And it was about, like, how misogynistic and... A lot of his songs are. And how half of them are about, like, how much he loves a girl, and the other half are about Putting her down. Yeah, like, oh, you didn't want me to hell with you? It's like, well, wait, wait... I don't. I don't know, man. I think that also having him for that sheer fact alone, if you know much any of his catalog, having him be in this role in the Beatles yeah, movie. Did you also have an? Inc- and he doesn't. Not that I know of, he doesn't have like a huge connection to the Beatles. Other than himself, he's British. Other than he's British, yeah. Like and the they greatest songwriter in the world. Like, right now? I don't know Elvis Costello or some. But I guess that's a little too old. Chris Martin. I mean, Chris Martin is. He just had a conflict they, and couldn't do it. That would, then they should have waited because that was better. Well, I guess they were already behind because Danny Boyle had a different project which he put on hold to do this movie. Hmm. So I think he was he was actually slated for Bond at one point. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then put that on hold to do this because he was so excited about it. Into this. No, did you also have an incredibly visceral reaction when he proposed the idea of changing Hey Jude to Hey Dude? Dude. And they did it, Uh, apparently. That made me genuinely dislike Ed Sheeran. Like, that's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Even the scene, (laughs) it it felt like watching someone <laughs> spit on like a religious text. I mean, it was yeah. that visceral of a thing that was like, mess up the Mona Lisa. <gasps> my pearls. Yeah. Or like tearing <laughs> yeah. a famous, tearing up a painting or something yeah. like you don't even mention that. Why don't that. you put a party hat on the Mona Lisa? That would really enliven <laughs> it. Yeah. Let me just, let me just put it there and ca- let's just, <laughs> yeah. let me put it there and we'll just see what it looks like. Yeah. Duty, duty. Hey, duty, duty, duty. <laughs> Are you flipping kidney but that's part of no it. that that crossed the line for, that, <laughs> that crossed the line with that was the point where my willing suspension of disbelief i was like all, don't fuck with this yeah i was all cool with the entire world forget the coke and the beatles and cigarettes but the minute you're like no hey dude sounds better than jude no 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 yeah what is what is your take on covers beatles covers specifically i feel like you'd have a very specific I mean, opinion on the matter are you pro or is anti it i am sam that has all the covers. I'm almost the sure I am Sam right. soundtrack. Yeah, where and it's... I pretty much hate it. I like covers if the people. It's hard because, <laughs> in general, I don't like covers because I think people use them as a crutch to be like, and then here are all the runs I make, or here's my weird voice doing something weird with this song. I don't mind acoustic covers mm. if people are just going to sing the song straight. Just sing the song straight. Mm-hmm. But it pisses me off when they do something weird or they change it to whatever, or it's just a vehicle for them to show off their music. I'm like, I like this song already. I don't need you to reinvent it for me. Covers in general, I don't mind a reinvention when it's a like a somewhat lesser known song. For example, Ben Folds' She Don't Use Jelly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. A complete or reinvention. Gin and juice. Yeah, and when when you really yeah. flip it on your head and you make it a completely right. different thing, or somebody thing. whose genre you don't expect, yeah, but, that can be really fun. But I do agree. There's a certain stature of song that when it gets to like a Hey Jude or a Yesterday yeah. type of thing, like you, Brian and Emma watch X Factor sometimes, and like the greatest hits of X Factor, and there's one where the guy does a cover of Robin's Dancing on My Own. And he's like, that's a fast, you know, techno electronic song. And it's, he's got an acoustic guitar and he's like, 
Somebody said you had a new friend. And he's like being all, and everyone goes fucking crazy for it. It's like, and he gets like the golden ticket and all this glitter rains down. It's like, it was amazing. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen. He even admits to it. Kings of Leon did that as like a rock version, kind of stripped down rock version. And he's like, I basically just took the Kings of Leon version and did it on my acoustic guitar. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, number one, I didn't think it was that great. Number two, it's a cover of a cover. cover. And uh, that's just our culture these days is like, my God, you thought to slow this down and sing it in a little different way. <laughs> I like, I do uh, have to admit, though, Sarah. That's not unique. I do fall prey to some covers. Specifically, yeah. A Newfound Glory has, from the screen to your stereo, three different albums where it's all songs from movie soundtracks, but done in their style. <laughs> and, oh my God. I mean, I God. don't mind that. Because so, it does, it does take a genre, genre change. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Where he the redoes. guy does French acoustic versions of all of David Bowie's songs. Yeah. That's super fun. And, like, I'll take a cover of any Talking Heads song. Like, Dave, last night at Trivia, played This Must Be The Place. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who was covering it, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. And the Lumineers always sing a cover in their concert. And um, then I was at Shred today, and the instructor was playing a weird cover version of Subterranean Homesick Blues, the Bob Dylan song. And she's like, yeah, had to get some Lumineers in here. They didn't play the song at their concert on Tuesday, but it's great. It's just a little bit, you know, know, folky. And I stopped running. She and I was like, know. this is Bob Dylan. And she's like, no, this is Lumineers. I'm like, I know, but Bob Dylan sang this. And she's like, oh, yeah, the original artist. I'm like, are we talking around the point that you didn't know this? Or is this like, it was just so confusing. And I was like, I mean, I love the Lumineers, but... I don't really give a shit about their version of subterranean homesick blues. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Not that great. I am just, I've always been a sucker for a cover, but you're right where it's just something as simple as like, okay, I'm slowing it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm at, this is in a different key. Yeah. And like when Weezer did a bunch of covers like Africa by Toto. It was fun, but it wasn't anything special. It wasn't unique yeah it, i mean it was just fun like it was oh like, cool it was a novelty now rivers cuomo is singing toto okay that being said i think Hamesh patel in this mm -hmm. did a pretty good job yeah. covering him for the most part mm -hmm. i did think the one scene that was really dumb to me though was when he opened fred sheeran in in uh moscow mm -hmm. and he played back USSR? in the ussr but with no backing band <laughs> and it was such a dead it was in the extended scenes they had that was much longer oh, and the huh. song felt so dead and the crowd wasn't moving so they cut it a lot oh. you can tell they cut it to be a lot smaller so it made sense also <laughs> in that scene did you see in the background the guy from later in the movie was standing oh yeah i didn't notice that oh okay. <laughs> I, well, I did i did and then i heard i didn't and then i heard i heard someone else say it yeah. so i didn't see that but uh, he was standing there like dumbstruck that was my only thing with the movies they didn't give him a band for some songs hmm. that like yeah. need a band and don't and some work. he up tempoed a little bit and stuff like that but oh the help oh when he did yeah, uh, help, me in this, it, help, because, me, because help me in this help me 
Well, because like McCartney wrote that song at a time where they were like, you know, being bombarded by people. And I guess yeah. it was like a genuine plea. I thought that was kind of a cool take of it. Yeah, that he was Aww. screaming. Because he's literally like, having a f- crisis yes. about his guilt over having these songs. I, I, uh, and we should say there were two other people who came forward who had remembered, somehow remembered the Beatles. And we thought the whole time and he thought that they were going to call him out and like tell him like he's stealing their music and they came after the show to see him and he was like ready to be yelled at and they're like we just want to thank you for bringing this music to the world because it's a horrible world without the Beatles and I thought that was so sweet it really yeah it was I kind of expected at the end of the movie him to like wake up and the Beatles would be back or were you were you no oh you thought it was just gonna be the same world Mm -hmm. I I really thought it was gonna be like him waking up in the hospital bed I thought it was gonna be like a not quite a Jacob's Ladder scenario but that type of thing maybe he jumped like string theory he jumped universes yeah he went across the universe oh that okay so across the universe Trans universe really like that movie for one i really did i mean it's julie Taymor, weird in film and it's over the top and so vibrant and cool but i cannot listen to uh for the benefit of mr kite without doing eddie izzard from it I've never seen it. Oh my God. There's Eddie Izzard uh, plays like the ringmaster or something. And in doing that number, he's the one singing it. And he goes, you know, Eddie Izzard, he goes, for the benefit of Mr. Kai, there will be a show tonight on trampolines. (laughs) You can never not hear Eddie Izzard. And once I heard him do that, I can't hear them sing it. And I usually will then go over what they're singing in the Eddie Izzard singing it voice. Well, that may be one, but I think the other... Other um, time, one of the only times that the cover was better than the original, mm-hmm. I think, was Lenny Kravitz singing American Woman. That was a good, really, yeah. yeah, really good, yeah, way more funky. And I guess um, Modest Mouse song "Float On" was actually a cover from a band called The Floaties, and it was like their only song. Yeah, oh. and and that's like one of Modest Mouse's. Only radio plays. Ah, kind of interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. Did in, in the extended scenes? I don't know if you watched it, but James Corden. There was a scene that was gonna be in the movie, and I listened to the director's commentary, and, and Danny Boyle talked about why they took it out, mm-hmm. but where he played. Um, yeah. Um, uh, something. Yeah, yeah, something. He's in the like, way just write something right now. Just sing something, and he's like, something in the way. It was in one of the trailers. Okay, in 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 they t- they took it out. It wasn't mm-hmm. in the movie. It wasn't movie. in the movie. But he said because the the partially because the girl in the scene, I forget the actress's name, mm-hmm. but did too good of a job, and you start the audiences were starting to fall in love with her oh. more so than like Lily in that moment, oh. like because she was just magnetized by him. Huh. I thought that would again to think that someone would sit down and be po- okay here you know here's the other question that's underlying a lot of the stuff we're talking about mm-hmm. would beetle would beetle's music would it be as popular today i don't i, I, I don't know, know i think a lot of it would be some of it though like uh, she was only 17 yeah. yeah that's a problematic lyric now mm. but i do think if someone sat down at the piano and started to play yesterday or let it be. Or let it be, and we'd never heard mm-hmm. it. We would be, or the same way when he played the guitar for them at the table. I mm-hmm. think if someone played that and we'd never heard it, we would be genuinely slack-jawed. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I think really so. do. Yeah, so what do the Beatles mean to you then? Uh, so 
I didn't even really know that much about them till I started getting into music like in high schooly, but I knew a lot of their music because my dad would always have like oldies CDs mm-hmm. and yeah. tapes he would play. So I I heard a lot of like their earlier, uh, their mm-hmm. like their earlier stuff. Like not a lot of Sergeant Pepper days or Pass. Like, yeah, yeah, that type yeah. of stuff. For whatever reason, I have a lot of Beatles stuff. Like you said, tied to memories and times and places. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of Beatles stuff tied to, and this fits with the movie with with a couple specific ex girlfriends mm. and like. I don't know if it's correlated or it's causal, but the, the I've dated two girls that have loved the Beatles. Like mm. here, Paul McCartney nearly burst into tears. Wow. They shared some positive traits, just an upbeat nature and it, things like mm. that, that other women I've dated haven't. And so I don't know if it's like, I really just like women that are Beatles fans Maybe. and there's certain things. So like, um, when I dated Katie, we went to Las Vegas with her family. And again, mm-hmm. another Beatles thing I have. And I, uh, they took me to some shows. And we had a great time. And I took them to go see Love, mm-hmm. uh, the Cirque I show. I saw it too. Yeah. And it, and it was, uh, oh, you've seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. When you go in and uh, you're getting seated by a lovely Rita, the meter maid. They have little meter maid outfits on. Yeah, I don't remember that. Part. I did, well, I I remember because Katie's mom was a big is a big Beatles fan. And she was oh. like pointing out all these little things That's going funny. on. Yeah, but we went and saw that. So like, I have that positive memory about it. It's just I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Like, and then like you said, you kind of you'll hear their songs, but then you'll attach to some of them in different ways mm-hmm. as you go. Like something in the way she moves for some reason has recently had like a renewed play yeah like in my in, mm-hmm. I've, I've been staring at it a little differently and i don't really know what that means yet but mm. that's where i'm at i guess yeah and some things hit you more when you're older for some reason i got obsessed with the white album one summer and just listened to it yes, all summer i could see you doing so that. the white yes. album's always been like my personal favorite fish covered that front i think Halloween. really yeah i think the two greatest songs ooh, ever ooh. put together ooh, ooh, yeah wait your favorite beatles songs or your two song like together on an album two one, like, two songs kay. the the very end mm. of the a side is john lennon singing why don't we do it in the road and he's just belligerent at the end. It's just the most crazy fucking song. Why don't we do it in the road? And just screaming. And then it goes, because I listened to it on MP3, <laughs> mm-hmm. it goes right into, who knows how long I've loved you? Do you know I love you still? Will I wait a lonely lifetime? And it's so perfectly John and Paul. And those two things can exist in the same band is crazy crazy yeah and it's so obvious that that's why they are so successful Mm -hmm. because they have this intense rock belligerent energy and then they have this sweet love ballad melody pop and then you've got george in there making these awesome weird heartfelt songs and it's like wow all in the same album and then they give right next to each other and then ringo yeah my favorite part was someone asked at the at a press conference once, is Ringo the best drummer in the world? My favorite <laughs> was John or Paul just said, he's not even the best drummer in this band. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Ringo. Just happy so to then be there. So then who's your favorite Beatle? That's Probably John. You're a John? It's tough, though. I'm going to be, I'm a Paul guy. I like George. I, I, I have a, a real Paul thing guy. for George Harrison. Oh, yeah? I knew him before I knew the Beatles because somebody gave me the 45 of George Harrison's single, I Got My Mind Set on You, when I was 
four or five years old. And that's how I learned to use a record player because I wanted to hear that song all that time. And if we ever went anywhere that had a jukebox, I wanted to play that song. And it's, it's so freaking good. I had a little mini trampoline and I would get it far enough away from the record player that I wouldn't skip, skip it. it. Yeah. And then turn that on and is I got my mindset on you. I, I got, got my, my mindset on you. I got my, it's so catchy. It is. And I was like, God, he's a fucking Oh, he, could, he could ride an earworm like nobody's yeah. business. Also, <sighs> did you ever see, we were talking about Tom Petty earlier, but did you ever see there was a uh, George Harrison tribute they did where it was like Tom Petty, shit, I'm going to forget all, there, it was all just all these super group dudes and, mm-hmm. and then Prince and they were mm. doing Why My Guitar Gently Weeps mm-hmm. and- Oh yes, I have seen this. My dad played it for yeah, me. Yeah, and the story yeah. behind it is Crazy. that Prince comes out in jest destroys everybody and the story of why he did that was because he had just been spurned in a hundred best guitarists of all time listing that some magazine put out and just being prince he was like oh no honey and so he went out there and that's why that was like even tom petty is looking around during it like what the fuck is going like you were seeing and then at the end and he he dives into the crowd and then they put him back up on the stage and yeah and when he goes off he just throws his guitar into the air and his guy off stage is so used to him doing it he knows just to walk out and grab it as it falls out of the air and that's how Prince walks off. He had this it little like so bowler good. hat. Oh my God. If anyone listening hasn't watched it, it's on YouTube. It's so it is. Good. Oh, it's, it's some of the best. It's amazing. Guitar you've and it's ever Tom seen. Petty, which is yeah. just great. Ugh, love Tom Petty. What is then? Okay. Then what's your, what's your favorite Beatles song of that? Ooh, Do you, okay. Three, know. give me three, give me your top three. And I'm not going to hold a gun to your head. Like later that Ooh, you have ugh. to make these your favorite three. I don't know. I mean, my favorite exchange, like I said, is, why don't we do it in the road? And then who knows how long I've loved you. Mm-hmm. Just like the fucking best. I mean, Let It Be is a classic. Uh, I love my, um, Blackbird. Mm. I love Golden... Um, Sarah, if we're just listing all the good song. Beatles songs, we're going to be here yeah, yeah. a while. But I really, I think one of my favorite, favorite, favorites is probably Happiness is a Warm Gun mm. into Carry That Weight. You know, and there's like that whole medley at the end there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Because Paul goes a little dark there. You don't get Paul doing a lot of like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It gets like, whoa. Uh, what about you? In no particular order, and this is just off the top of my head, Eleanor Rigby mm. is definitely up there. Okay. And I really like the scene in this movie where he's trying to he's figure trying out to the figure lyrics. Out. He's like, patching, patching, patching his socks. And he's darning his socks. What is he darning? What is he doing with his socks? <laughs> yeah. Picking and he keeps switching, like picking the right. Whoever's reenacting, the, she's picking the rice from where wedding has been held. It was oh, that was that was good. So definitely uh, Eleanor Rigby. This is where it starts getting tough. Like it in my life is, mm. I, you can't hear that and not feel something. And and then it gets into that. Is is it is it all you need is love? Mm. Tomorrow never knows. I love you've got to hide your love away. That's a great one too. And I do think on some level. Hey Jude, if if you you don't have a reaction to that, mm-hmm. like when you're that could be used as a test for sociopaths. Oh, absolutely. I really think so. That if when they mm-hmm. get to the ending, the na na, if if you if you aren't mouthing that or doing that bass line like the boom 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 bo
boop, boop. It's so... Even my dog is... Getting excited. Yeah. And I... Oh, my gosh. And I doubt I'll ever see Paul McCartney just because... I mean, I, it's probably an expensive ticket. Yeah. He's touring a lot still, but it's like... I had a great time watching him on James Corden. That's all I needed. Oh, the carpool karaoke? Yeah. Oh, what songs? Did he do any... Just... Well, I mean, fuck. Say what songs he did. He could have been in there. They toured for Liverpool first. Oh, and really? Went to all these old haunts. No kidding. And he surprised everyone. Didn't tell anyone he was coming. People were just so freaking happy to see him. It was so sweet. And then they're just at a bar, and they had these big curtains over the windows, so no one was paying attention. And then they just reveal. They pull back the curtains, and there he is on a stage in front of the windows, and everyone in the bar just screams. It's like. And he sings a bunch of songs and even some of his new album were really fun. And Have you ever heard him describe how he writes songs? Mm-mm. It will make you furious in mm-hmm. that he's so good at it. Cause he's like, there's one specific interview I'm thinking of. And he's sitting there and he's like, Oh, you know, I just sit down at the piano and I just start and I'll go scrambled eggs in the scram. And he starts saying something about scrambled eggs. And it's a beautiful fucking melody. He's like, I just, you know, I well, fu- he uses that find the melody because they, for this production, got his blessing on the movie. No creative input, but just, hey, you're good. You like that? Is this okay? And he said, yes, but I think you should call it scrambled eggs. And I guess that was the original title of yesterday because he uses it as a placeholder when he doesn't know what to call something yet. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, then this thing uh, that we sat down at piano, yeah. he started talking about scrambled he uses eggs. That a lot. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How, okay. Do you have an issue in this movie though with the fact that he's sitting down with John Lennon to get relationship advice though? Wouldn't it have made more sense for it to be? I get that it couldn't be Paul McCartney necessarily because Paul McCartney's still alive and yeah. didn't probably didn't want to be in the I movie. I was just so happy to see John Lennon alive. Yeah. And I had a lot of questions about who he married and what happened and where You wanted a movie about John Lennon? But whatever they did, whoever that actor was, I think they did a really good job. And it just made me really happy to see him. Yeah. And I think that's the only way that you can make him come to a moment of honesty is by getting that from fucking John Lennon. Like, that's the only way to justify walking away from. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Being okay. I get that. I was more taking it. You're taking the more him getting advice to walk away from it for love. I yeah. was more taking it in like him getting general relationship advice. Well, because he says. Tell the woman you love that you love her and try to be honest. And that's literally what he does. He He's like, I have to, I can't live with this. I have to be honest that these aren't my songs and I love this woman. And boom, there you go. I do want to know why he loves her so much. We don't get a lot of backstory on them other than that she's pining for him and he's like this struggling artist. And I realize there's a lot of time that they've both put into the relationship, but I don't know exactly what. I wish there was one more scene where he's kind of looking at her like something happens that's revealing and he realizes what a connection they have or something because I don't get to know what exactly it is that connects them. Yeah. And what also the hard thing about is the fact that they don't show that. Yeah. Then he's okay. Oh, in at one point in the movie, they were originally supposed to be getting in. They were originally supposed to be engaged. 
and not just like dating. They change it from engaged to dating in the movie. Like oh. the original writing of it was in, in I forget if it was test audiences or what just had a stronger reaction to like you're breaking up yeah. an engagement. Oh, after. She was dating that guy Garrett. Yeah. Yeah. And so they yeah. change it to just dating. Uh, hmm. But it's like, yeah, if they were engaged, like all of a sudden he's breaking up an engagement just because yeah. it's like, yeah, I think I like you. Yeah, now. And she ran fast to that other dude. Like, you're not choosing me. Bye. Well, no. And you know what, though? Here, and that is one thing. That Even I Emma was down. watching with me and she's like, is she thanking Garrett and leaving? I'm like, yep. <laughs> well, okay. But the her, again, they don't do a great job with her side of the story. Like right. we, we, we've established that, but they do mm-hmm. try to show that she's loved him ever since he played Wonderwall to talent show in yeah. what, like eighth grade or yeah. something. And that she's pined after him for that long. Mm-hmm. And so they could, they should have done a little bit more with that to show it. But if you've been pining after someone that long and you've just been friends and you've presumably watched them date people and you've dated people, mm-hmm. I've tried doing that. Like, and I made it, I think two weeks with somebody right. once where I was just like, after it was just like, Oh wait, I have a crush on you. It's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. You know what you're dating. I think I made it a week or two weeks and I was just like, this is impossible to do. So to say she's been doing it since eighth grade, right. I think she's cool to be like, Peace, Garrett time. Yeah. You know, but the movie didn't make that as big. Again, if they would have from the beginning decided it was a romantic comedy, that mm-hmm. first hour, we, the the premise of the movie could have been set up in what? The first 15 minutes and we'd yeah, been good instead of the true. first hour. And then we could spend more time in this mm-hmm. relationship and then living in these songs right. to show the relationship right. growing. And then like you're saying. It's almost get like the, the opposite of about time. About time starts as a rom-com and, and ends you're right. yeah. with him and his father and, and his growing up. And this ends and as this a rom-com. ends as a rom-com. It starts as a... Buildings Roman with the Beatles. But I wouldn't call it. Would you call it a Buildings Roman at the end? I'd call it. I, I wouldn't say that and it starts with. It starts, it starts with that way, him, but I don't think it don't finishes. Think it, no, it finishes yeah. as rom com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding <sighs> love, not per, finding love, not necessarily because of personal growth, right? Other than that, he talked to John Lennon. When you saw the Beatles uh, love show, though, mm-hmm. uh, did you have a favorite part? Because I did. You remember it much better because than I, I do. L- <laughs> I loved it. I, I still listen to the soundtrack because it, it's so well done oh. and how they like mixed it all together. Uh, but I like the part that it with Lucy in the sky with diamonds, the arena goes black and it just kind of starts. Oh, boom, yeah. boom, and it starts slow and there's tendrils like hanging mm-hmm. from the ceiling that we want to like poof, poof, <laughs> poof, as the song picks up steam. And then I before you know, it's the all the way going. The part and the guy who's like roller skating on stilts and everyone's like everywhere. This <sighs> interesting i enjoyed it i would go see it again did i tell you this on the podcast that up in michigan there's a it doesn't exist anymore but there was a sandwich shop called sergeant pepperonis and every <laughs> single sandwich and pizza was named after a beatles song <laughs> i feel i feel i don't know if i told you this on the I podcast no, but i know i've told you i don't remember this i don't like, think it was on the there podcast was a i love it so much called mother nature's son there's a Lonely Hearts Club. Fantastic. Yeah, and there's the... Um, now I can't think of them all. I wish I could. Happy, <laughs> It's like happiness is a warm dough. Like, there's all kinds of stuff like that. And I wish that it still existed. Oh, that sounds... 
you know what? That's the sad thing about college campuses getting so commercialized because mm-hmm. they all every college campus used to have one or two really weird businesses yeah. that like a former student would start yeah. and then they'd eventually sell it and another student would buy it and it would be just sustainable enough mm-hmm. that someone could do it in their 20s and then sell it off and be happy and, and yeah. it would you know and like PJs down on OSU's campus, mm-hmm. no one would start something like that nowadays and make it last. And some of the goofy stuff Slop that have dunk. been... Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> it, just things like that. And it's sad that now you have to be some sort of commercial juggernaut to even get space on a college campus. Mm-hmm. You can't just start a Beatles-themed sandwich shop. Yeah, although that's up in northern Michigan. And it would work on a college campus <laughs> in would. northern Michigan. That well, feels like a thing thing. on a college campus, Sarah. <laughs> well, it's in a tiny tourist town. So, Sarah, let's actually break down, start getting to, is this a rom-com? Right. Well, we've got... The meet cute. The meet cute, I guess, was back in eighth grade. To Wonderwall. Yeah. Which he never introduced as his own song to play. I kept waiting for that, too. <laughs> there were a lot of things I was waiting for in this movie. That I'm fine with not getting the payoff, though. Yeah. That's funny. Well, here's one. Um, the reason they can't be together, I guess, is first because he doesn't know he doesn't her know. feelings. Yeah. And then because he's becoming this huge star mm-hmm. and she's staying back in their hometown. Yeah. Being a teacher. The soundtrack, obviously. Him doing Beatles, and then at the end, they have one Beatles song in the credits. Ed Sheeran song. Yeah. There's one Ed Sheeran there's song. One, yeah, there's one Ed Sheeran song, yeah. but they, Danny Boyle was saying that they purposely only had one actual Beatles song in it hmm. at the end because they knew that everybody would be, after a whole movie of hearing someone else sing Beatles songs, they'd be itching, <laughs> and it's like, well, you gotta give it to them right at the end. Yeah. There's a montage when they're recording that album, Tracks on the Tracks. Yeah, I like that a lot. Train Station. Danny Boyle specifically changed around the screenplay when he found that place, because he thought it was so great. They had to wait for a train to pass by, so, and, and then they could continue recording, because it was literally right next to the tracks, and pretty cool apparently the rubber gloves is a real trick they use in recording really yeah they put on rubber gloves to make the, the clap, clap sound that sound That's crisper so funny yeah they were having a great fucking time they yeah. looked like they were happier it really did look like they were having the <laughs> best time yeah i mean and, and that was another thing in some of the additional scenes that got cut there were a few little moments here and there that you could see a flirtation between the the recording engineer and lily mm-hmm. but they cut those Mm. And in there was a couple scenes also where like she called him on the phone and didn't say anything. And then you see him in the background making breakfast, yeah. like these little things that would have, if it decided it was a rom-com, yeah, they recorded the seen. shit, Sarah, they recorded mm. the stuff. It's there. They didn't do it. Ah. But that song, I want to hold your hand is what they're clapping to. I'm not sure that would make it today. Yeah. You know, it's like that was specific to a time and place kind of like, that thing you do, like very poppy for the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Would that really be a huge song in 2019? Same with like I saw her standing there, pretty much yeah. anything from the earlier. I don't want, it's not doo woppy, but I don't know what else to call it. Like Brit- yeah. British pop. It's, like yeah, it's Brit pop. Yeah. I, I think you're right, but then that also makes you wonder too, like how much of it, like would a hard day's night be really popular? I want to say yes, but I might be wrong. Oh, it's catchy, but I don't know if it would have caught. Or like, 
I almost don't want to ask those questions because I don't want the answers. I don't think we'll ever be able to have Thank the God answers. Thank God we won't. Thank God we won't, Sarah, because we do have the Beatles. Unless we get into a closet and time machine our way back. <laughs> to before the Beatles. Yeah. Oh. Do either of them have a sassy side? He, his, he does, He is yeah. a sassy side fan. And he does give him yeah. a moment of truth as well. Yeah. Where he gives him the like, if I was, if that girl's if been I'd interested known. in you forever. Yeah. yeah. And if I'd know, and I'd basically been giving her the business like three times a day. Yeah. And then, and then some. Like, how did I notice? Or like, well, good question. Because you were so obsessed with your own shitty music that you didn't see standing there that guy might have been the the biggest surprise in this movie i mean yeah, he stole he really every good. scene he was in he was really good he's from game of thrones so i was like how oh, do is i he? know him he plays rocky but his name is joel fry and that's another thing they put people throughout this whose names harken back to oh. beatles oh and that's the other thing about british tv that they have it so much better than Americans is that they cast people who look normal. That's why, and that's why I was just saying with this movie too. For the most part, everybody looked like normal a normal person. People. Even Kate McKinnon even makes fun. He's like, she's like, is this the best you can look? You know, and like everyone just looks like a human. Yeah, I mean, like Lily is drop oh, dead gorgeous. This but is the problem I have with that. Talk to me if you want somebody who's in. Supposed to be an average school teacher mm. from a fairly rural town in England. Don't fucking ugly down Lily James. That is not the right choice. That's like when they gave Rachel McAdams bangs in About Time. No. Like, it's not fooling It's just anybody. stupid. It just makes you angry because you know how pretty she is and how hard they tried to make her look unattractive. Bangs. Why with the bangs and the curly hair? Because like, it ne- doesn't work. Bangs and curly hair is a bad combination. Sarah, I'm sorry. I thought she was gorgeous in this movie. If a woman like her approached me at a bar, <laughs> I would respond with Laven. But have you seen her when she's not brown, mousy, bangs and curly hair? She I, is I did until so I just Googled gorgeous. it. And yes, she is and also breathtaking like, without the dumb, bangs. Dumb, 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 dumb. Why don't you fucking cast someone who's a really, really good actress and isn't like the face of every magazine in England? I, I agree with you, but I liked her in this movie. And I yeah. didn't think she felt in it unapproachable. But I hear what you're saying. I didn't think she felt unapproachable. Like a... But even like Felicity Jones would have been great. She was in the Stephen Hawking. She played his wife. Mm-hmm. Like... Also a very attractive person, but just not like movie star, wow, attractive, Mm -hmm. you know, and like just a solid actress. It's like, let's put bangs and weird hair on Keira Knightley. Like, no, put her in a Chanel commercial where she belongs, you know, (laughs) like, don't do that. (laughs) Think of who else you could cast in that role. That would be more appropriate. Like Emily Mortimer. Mortimer would have been fun. But I guess she has to be pretty enough for him to like. No, oh, Emily Mortimer has bird bones though. Yes, she does. <laughs> My bones. <laughs> I'm not as good with the British actress. Yeah. This is more your wheelhouse as an Anglophile. Thank you. 
<laughs> All right. So what else we'll do we take got? Take that as a compliment. The, the city. They. I mean, it was like they jumped around. The city yeah. itself didn't really matter, but it was mm-hmm. important. I think that we went to a couple of places, like yeah, uh, like Moscow and in the Latitudes Festival and the place by the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't get into London, which is unique for a British uh, rom com. Mm-hmm. A lot of levity. A lot of this, levity. Yeah, but not. A ton of physical comedy beyond him getting hit by a bus and his teeth getting knocked out. Mm. I don't really remember a lot of like. There wasn't much. Yeah, physical comedy, not a ton. Levity when the parents he was trying to oh play. Oh my God, let it be. And he and and they he, could not stop interrupting. And he had the breakdown like, this is let it be. You're the first people hearing let it be. This is one of the greatest songs <laughs> ever written. Oh, it's not fix you. I, yeah, I really, really <laughs> liked that scene. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, and then Kate McKinnon turns to them and is like, how does it feel to have a child so much better than you? Or something. They're so good. They're so down to earth. I don't know what the genre is on this. Supernatural. The yes, supernatural. So, yeah. Absolutely it, it is. Be. Yeah. Because it doesn't get explained. I wish yeah. at the end there would have been not like we're not at the end. I wish throughout the movie there would have been really tiny nods to accompany mm. him noticing yeah. things didn't exist, yeah. like him noticing things that did exist but were just slightly askew. Mm-hmm. You know, well, they had an idea that in this new reality, the color purple didn't exist, so they were going to reference deep purple, call it deep orange, the band, you know, and. Then they were going to like take purple out of everything, but then they realized it was just too much to get every extra, especially in that huge beach scene. Make sure no one wore purple. Yeah. They're like, this isn't worth it. So they mixed that. Oh, that's cool. But they did try to put some stuff in. And like, I think there's some Easter eggs that we probably haven't even seen. Oh, so they very well may have done what I'm asking them to have done. And I just was too careless to know this. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) I'd have, uh, me too. But they don't spend any time away from him. It's very much a story centered on him. So you don't get to see. Well, yeah. Beyond. It's not like they have any part where they take the camera out yeah and see the well and like i said to you that's why i liked that they didn't really address what happened that's not part of the story the story is what happened after we don't care what got him there we're not trying to fix it it. and i appreciate that too because i hate when movies get all bogged down and how did this happen yeah what's the explanation for this and and when that's not what the movie's about yeah you don't need it we just need the premise it's like your what's it called magical realism or Mm -hmm. whatever it's just like this is the way it is just go with it this is how it is now this is the story that is part of our story Mm -hmm. we don't need to delve into it right love it yeah any cameos i'm sure there were but we didn't i mean john lennon yeah <laughs> i i 100 percent expected paul mccartney from the minute i heard about this movie i expected paul mccartney to be in it I oh know. james corden yeah he's i call him our cameo and then yeah. at one point there's the other the other lady oh i love when they're running down what they're gonna do did you catch this we're gonna they run up all the late night shows in order and they're like all right we'll start at james corden and then we'll go to this and then we'll go to kimmel and then they say and then we'll go to thursday night live yes i heard that because thursday saturday night, night live didn't, didn't exist in this world yeah, it became thursday, thursday night. night live see you did notice okay well i guess i did <laughs> <laughs> i heard that too that was good. Oh, I really did too. It just made me smile and I could use a smile. You know, like mm-hmm. just you need a smile sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't have to be bogged down and like shitty and 
I, you know, some other people I saw online bitching about like his covers of the Beatles were like, she like, no, he did a good, I like, they're he did fun. Great. like they're fun. And he did the yeah. best job. He did the best job he could. Like you He's just really wanted. Talented. Yeah. And it's like, no, you just didn't want to like this mm-hmm. thing. You're allowed to like things these days. You're just allowed to Cancel like a culture. thing. Yeah. Just like a thing. It's allowed to be fun. Oh, fuck me. What's the length of this movie? It is an hour and 57 so it's a little little longer i didn't think it felt super long no i didn't we could have cut a lot of the ed sheeran stuff like all the ed sheeran (laughs) i really just didn't care for him in this movie and i don't like dislike him as an artist as a whole i mean i have a couple of his albums on my phone cameo okay when they get on that private plane and that ed sheeran's crew or whatever is what that yeah and the flight attendant hands them champagne Mm mm-hmm She's actually his wife in real life. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, Cherry. I, I didn't know he was married, but that's good Good for mm-hmm. him. Oh, because like all his song, he had that song about getting married that he wrote for her or something, and it was a big yeah, deal. Something or... like that. They went to grade school together and then lost touch and then ended up reconnecting or something. Wow. Okay. I guess she was kind of, it was one of those, like she's a person he can trust that she actually knows him because she knew him before mm-hmm. fame kind of thing. Did you know that there was a custom Ed Sheeran Heinz tomato ketchup bottle really? that they put out? Is he a ketchup freak? He has a tattoo of a Heinz bottle. Huh. And so then it like, then they based an actual ketchup bottle off of his tattoos you could buy. Like there's some of the bottles. Oh, wow. huh. There are 150 bottles of them. Jigsaw huh. pieces of a rose. And it comes, look, and it comes in like a little, it comes in this little box where it's like an amp. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's that. You could get a Ned Sheeran. Well, you can't. They're all gone. Did you know? Tell me. That ketchup is different in England, even Heinz. Tell me more. It's Less not as sweet. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to guess. It's more vinegary and has more tomato. You, it's better. I was, when I came that's here. fucking and you, American. When I came here and your daughter, I had McDonald's. It was on New Year's Day this year. Oh, yeah. And your daughter gave me not Heinz. And it was like oh, some yeah. natural ketchup. I was... <laughs> I think I held it pretty, I think I hit it pretty well how panicked I was for a minute because I've had other ketchups in my That's life. That's whole 30 ketchups she accidentally gave No, me. and it wasn't bad. It yeah. wasn't bad, but there's just something about, mm-hmm. like, name, Brian has talked to me about this before, name one other product that is, it, it owns a category to that extent, that yeah. anything that deviates from this French one thing. mustard, if you do yellow mustard. A yellow mustard. Yeah. I like a brown. Like a spicy brown. I'm a big honey mustard guy, even though it like it was Brian. The, the, but only I, Wendy's. That's the only honey mustard I like. I make my I make a honey mustard. Some mm. little honey little mustard. Well, it's yeah. honey mustard. It's right. not complicated. Right. Uh, but it is what I imagine the unhealthiest food taste. I mean, it just it's that taste of unhealthy. There's <laughs> nothing about honey mustard that makes your body go like, yeah, this is gonna be good for me coming in. <laughs> whatever whatever vessel mm. is used to transport this to me. Truth in this movie. I think it's got a lot of truth, though I question some truth. of it. I question some What's, of the advice. What do you in question? It. Well, okay, so like your opening quote mm-hmm. about the like, just tell someone like you love them and let the card, you know, let mm-hmm. the cards go. Like, is that good advice? Because like he told her, but she was kind of in a thing with another guy, and he kind of missed his chance, and like, so he's unburdening himself. Mm-hmm. and putting it on her like he was he didn't notice the signs and i don't know that feels a little kind of selfish to me in a way yeah I, but believe me sarah i know that we're gonna have a conversation like this probably within the next i don't know couple years of just in general of me 
probably being in this position of like, no, I need to profess my love. I screwed up with this woman and mm-hmm. you're going to need to talk me off a ledge or talk mm-hmm. me off, like off or on the ledge. You're going to so realize you're going to have to think a lot about this well, particular I situation. I'm probably. the best person to <laughs> talk to about that because you always side with love. I always side more with honesty. Yeah. And as you know, because I call you out on a lot of stuff. No, and I do too. But do you get kind of what I'm saying, though, in it sometimes? Like, where's that line of the honesty is good? And then when does it cross into you are now just unburdening yourself and pushing it onto someone else? Like, you, like, yeah. ne- like no, you may be messed up and it's your burden. That's what I'm kind of... That, so that message is kind of where it gets mm-hmm. a little gray for me in, in the the kind of right one of the overarching like things you need to relieve yourself of this guilt or whatever mm-hmm. when who is it really benefiting other than you no exactly and like sometimes like you know what like you just you did mess up mm-hmm. or you did miss your chance and like but this also, is for there's you also to carry. a very confident move in saying like like there was a guy in college who i've never seen someone so confidently just be like he liked this girl and he's like i like you i'd be i'd love to take you out just let me know and just like move, I, and then move on i guess the scenario like he's I'm not picturing, gonna be weird he's yeah. not gonna and now they're married i guess the scenario i'm picturing is one like in this movie where the other person is attached and you are like oh yeah that's more what i'm speaking of. just having the yeah. confidence to walk up no, no 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 absolutely if you like someone and they're unattached fuck yeah go up and just say to him like hey because what do you got to mm-hmm. lose like hey i think you're interesting i mean right. we're adults we're what we're 35 at this point mm-hmm. okay you like me great you don't like me great no big deal i'll move on like you know right. that, that's easy mm-hmm. it's, it's when you get start getting into these weird other areas where another person's involved or yeah i mean don't do that. Like, <laughs> okay, so rem- again, you're just walking up to people like, hey, I see your wedding ring, but you're really hot. So I think I have a chance. Yeah. No, what's up? don't do that. That's not a good idea. When's that line? Is it wedding? Like, liar, liar. The, yeah. <laughs> the Jim Carrey movie. Well, I mean, so it's not like obviously married. No. <laughs> Engaged. No. Uh, Is that where it's get? I mean, like. I, there's another show on Netflix that's set in England. Tell me more. And it's called The Stranger. And this, I haven't figured it out yet because I've only is three it about episodes a guy that sits in. on his hand? Yes. No, it's about a girl who on her hand? tells people things they didn't know and it blows up all their relationships. Like he, she, I don't know how she knows what she knows, but she tells this guy like, you know how your wife was pregnant? She faked that pregnancy and it like blows shit up. And then she goes up to this girl and is like, you know how your ex posted revenge porn and that like really finished off your relationship and now you're engaged to someone else? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, well, your fiance is actually the one who posted that in order to break you up. And the girl's like, why would you tell me that? And she's like, because I thought you wanted to know the truth. And she's like, no, you just created another lie. And it's true. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, what's, I mean, this is a totally different thing because it's a freaking Harlan Coben book turned into a show. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like, what is the point of like blowing shit up for no reason? Like, yeah. other than that, I think you should know. 
Like, we, why do you think they should know? When we were talking this weekend about, I told a friend a story and he goes, oh, I have to tell that to, you know, yeah. XYZ. It was about an ex. And I go, to what end? Yeah. To, well, because he should know. No, no, no. But, but, but why? Yeah. But why? Yeah. Like, what? what's to be gained? Knowing the truth of everything, there's a certain point where it's it, it's not going to benefit you mm-hmm. at a certain point. I don't know. Yeah. Those are tough moments to his friends, yeah. man. I, we've all been there. And it's like the whole misery loves company thing too. Like it's good to talk through shit and like get things off your chest. But sometimes it's like maybe you don't need to like rev- revel in every fucking detail of how horrible your day was. Does that really help you to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or is it better just to like move on and like yeah tomorrow's another day no yeah. you're right yeah. yeah and that's why i try and i try i've been trying to text you and and a friend of the show laura like just upbeat stuff at the end of the day yeah. even, even if i have a bad day because then it makes me feel better to think mm-hmm. i'm helping someone else feel you're being better a bucket you know filler. i'm trying yeah trying the Can't... only way to fill your own bucket is to fill others well and that's what i've been saying to my mom actually lately that the only times i like feel joy anymore is like other people like doing th- yeah you bringing know, things to others yeah and like helping yeah. other people and it's mm-hmm. like i don't know that that's i know that that is a good thing in a way but i also know i have a lot mm-hmm. to work on in that way too but yes i'm trying to fill buckets because yeah. i can't fill my own and by filling others i am filling my own right okay then alien comes down beep boop one to ten is this a rom-com are you showing it to Alien comes down and beep boop and you try to tell them about the Beatles. Do you show them this or do you show them across the universe or do you make them go see the Beatles love (laughs) in Las Vegas? I would, I would probably, if an alien came down and just wanted to know about the Beatles, absolutely the show in vegas because i feel mm, like it captures well across well because across the universe this this isn't this wouldn't be a good way to introduce someone to the beatles music again yeah. like back in the ussr without a full band like it just it falls some of the song <laughs> some of the songs just do kind of fall flat in their arrangements yeah. just by sheer virtue of one guy and a guitar that's not right. what some of these fuller songs are mm-hmm. um like him strumming Sergeant Pepper. Like, no, Sergeant Pepper is this big, bombastic, layered <laughs> song. It's not an acoustic. But, and across the universe, I think it's set during like World War II, if I remember right, or something. Yeah, there's, a dra- okay. there's a war draft or something. Wow. I oh, think. that's why they get Day in the Life in there, probably. Yeah. And so, like, that would that's just. That's the one that on the Beatles channel on Sirius XM, it consistently gets number one Beatles song. Really? A day in the life, yeah. I, uh, oh, you know what song I really like? I didn't say earlier. Tomorrow never knows. But tell me let more. Is not the one. Let your mind go downstream. It is not dying. Oh, okay. It's in that scene like, at the what? end. Do it's I at not this, know it, No, no. It's at the end of. Uh, it's it's famously at the end of a scene in Mad Men, one of the later seasons. Oh, yeah. Where uh-huh. Megan's like gives him revolver. Yeah. She's like this one, and he puts it on and he lays down. Mm-hmm. And it's like scenes of everyone doing everything to this like really cool beat, and yeah. uh, then it comes back and he just like shuts it off. It's like oh, this <laughs> is not like Tom this. Draper's thing. Boom. But yes, so I would show them that because if you showed them across the universe, it's like Julie Taymor madness. It's great visually, but it would confuse an alien as to what we have of people are about. Yeah. Also, it's like again, it's not really Beatles. It's it's not the Beatles songs. Whereas this the the Cirque show 
is, is Beatles, Beatles songs. songs. They're just kind of yeah. like reworked, mm-hmm. but it was done with, I think, Paul McCartney and uh, um, I don't know if Ringo was install- involved. I know Yoko was involved and George mm-hmm. Harrison's son and then uh, whatever their sound engineer, his son was involved too. Yeah. Uh, and so it was like people heavily involved. There's a pretty good documentary about it I watched mm-hmm. once, I'd suggest. What about a okay. uh, little help from my friends? Joe Cocker? Or Beatles. Oh man, two different. I mean, two different moods. Yeah, two different moods. Joe Cocker's like when I need some power. It's so fucking. It good. is. I never knew that was a Beatles song until years later. I just thought it was Joe Cocker, and I thought he was an old black man. So learned a lot, whole lot. I love when they give Ringo a song, and everybody, what would you do <laughs> in an octopus's garden? I love that song though. So I'd like to be a boom, 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 under, under the sea. sea. But what I like about it is that we would be warm and safe from the storm lying here far beneath the sea. It's just, it's like safe. You're away from the danger and you're safe down there. He'd let us in. <laughs> Knows where we've been. In his octopus's garden <laughs> in the shade. So good. Boom, boom, Simple. Boom. It's got like a lyric with a little oompa, like kind of beat to it. Oh, I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, but so, oh God, yeah. Two different, two different, for Joe Cocker, if I need power, Ringo's if I just need to feel like a little bit better, like a little bit sunshine on my shoulder. So. Beep, bop, boop. Beep, bop, boop. Alien, no. Yeah. What are you giving it number-wise at least? Probably like a six and a half. Six, six and a half. I wish there was more backstory to their thing. Yeah. So that I could understand what their connection was. Yeah. But I like how the Beatles play into his decision making. And he really follows the music yeah. in a true way rather than following the fame. I I would also give it a six. I think that it could easily be like a nine. If, if they, they just, just did a, a couple, things, literally yeah. like change the beginning, make yeah. it like 10 to 15 minutes, get us into the movie, give a more backstory of them together, yeah. show their, make their relate, decide it's a rom-com from the beginning with Beatles yeah. music in it. And I not only think that makes it a rom-com at that point, very easily too. We're not talking drastic changes. Mm-hmm. Again, I still just, I heard your explanation. I still don't think the Kate McKinnon character has to be there. I, I don't, I yeah. don't think for it to be a rom-com that adds much yeah. it could be but i mean it, it it doesn't need to be but tweak a couple things and i don't just think it becomes a rom-com i think it becomes a really good memorable rom-com yeah. too because i like their chemistry together as a couple i did mm. i really did i thought they were sweet and they were lovely and we need to get ed sheeran out of this and get chris martin in there mm-hmm. like, that would the, be so good like, I, I love chris a martin. handful of little changes take this from a good movie to a great movie yeah. i think yeah. A great movie's hype. And I think Chris Martin is a great freaking lyricist. He was on, I think, 60 Minutes a few years ago. And they're like, well, what are you working on now? And he started playing, like, it wasn't Christmas specific. It was more of a wintry song. He was just fiddling around on the piano and singing it. And I was like, I want that song. And I don't think it's ever come out or anything, but it was so good. And he's just farting around messing with stuff and uh. i don't get why people make well i mean i get why people make fun of cold play because it is just like very poppy but it is mm-hmm. and now they're kind a, of following the trend rather than creating it. it i mean but it's there's few bands that can create yeah. arena rock and yeah. that's that's an arena yeah. filling the, the, their and, songs and he's are just so aware of the audience too he said that 
when they would play, he would watch to see how much the curtains would open for people leaving during songs to know what to play and what to play, not to play next time because Mm. he didn't want to lose the audience. And I think that's so kind because I just went to a show where I felt like they were like, just take a seat. We got to give you some medicine here. Like you may not enjoy this, but we're fucking doing it. And it just felt very enraging and just like, well, I came to be entertained I am not. This is not entertainment. This is you getting through the shit that you want to play and beating me over the head with the concept album that you've created. So I appreciated that about, and I think about that a lot when he, when Chris Martin was saying, we want to keep the audience entertained. We don't want them walking out and we pay attention to that. Well, I like fish so much. It's the same, yeah. same type of where they make most of the set list up on the fly. Yeah. I, mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah, someone they're like, not tied down to. Yeah. we must do this. Well, that's and, we must. and that's the difficulty of like, well, if someone goes out and tries doing Beatles songs, like how they should be done, or even Pink Floyd yeah. stuff, a lot of it has to almost be done to a click track because it's so complicated and so layered hmm. and to actually have any Im- Im area of improvisation in some of these things does they're they're not geared towards that hmm. or they're difficult to do like i know again pink floyd and like uh, roger waters touring with the wall it's famous for uh, to match up with visuals everything is to a click track there's no deviation from night huh. to night because it can't it cannot be because yeah. it, it's part theatrical but right you know the original story for this movie we don't have to keep this yeah was much darker in tone, written by a guy named Jack Barth. Main character was struggling as a musician in the new timeline, and the premise of the alternate universe explored it was much more explored in depth. And when Richard Curtis did a rewrite, he made the tone much more lighthearted, but less emphasis on the premise of a new timeline and more focus on the romance. Hmm. So, so he kind of turned he it into a rom He kind of made it into a rom com. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's why it's so uneven yeah because he Cause it was original and then a rewrite oh, okay then that actually answers a lot of kind of yeah. questions would have been interesting to see what it was yeah. yeah the he said in the the director's commentary that also there were a couple of points where he would slip in beatles lyrics spoken because they had a maximum amount of songs they could uh, feature is if funny. they were singing them but if they hmm. were speaking the words they didn't count so they yeah. got more total song count in. Oh, and I love that. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that part so much. He's like, yeah, but will you still love me when I'm 64? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, what? 64? Okay. That, oh, Apparently, Ed Sheeran said that in real life, the Beatles are his main inspiration for his songs. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I totally uh, <laughs> see that in that song about the girl's body. <laughs> yeah. I'm in love with your body. All right. Well, so that's all we've got. Yeah. But it's worth watching. It is. It's, it's really fun. It is. So it, it really is fun. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Well, if someone wants to check us out on Instagram, where do they look? Romcomcom, D-O-T-com. Or if they want to contact us, they can look at our website and shoot us something off of that. Yeah. Or you can still use the Gmail, which is romcomcom, D-O-T-com at gmail.com. Yeah. Just the other one's not working. We'll get to it one of these days. <laughs> yeah. We're both leading busy lives, mm-hmm. you know. Or Facebook or, yeah. you know. Check us out. Let us know. And, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely rate and review because, you know, hey, that's nice. That helps Apple out. likes that stuff. Yeah. And uh, if you like our intro and outro song, as always, check out This Is My Suitcase. It's love off their album, The Keys to Cat Heaven. Again, check them out. They got a lot of good side projects. 
right? All right. Sarah, do you really think love is all you need? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> Me too. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I could do good Ringo. Hey, Sarah. Hey, what? That's coming across as Australian, isn't it? No.